A podcast network. I'm Vivian Cook, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select with the help of our friend Synchronicity Radio 8 Ball Give us a shake Radio 8 Ball Give us a shake It's a Radio 8 Ball show Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here at Starburns Starburns Industries with our musical guest, Joe. Happy to be here, Andras. Borde. Yes, sir. (laughs) Got right in there. May I say your intro had shades of uh, Yoko Ono. I I'm I, I I take that as a compliment. Yeah. I love I I love Yoko Ono because I love John Lennon and also because she he loved a, that woman. She is God out bless there. Him. She is out he there. Loved that woman. We have done a lot of Yoko loving on this show. Oh, good. I had one person who made the point. She's like, she has people who hate her every day, actively and vocally, and ever since nineteen six, ever since we met her. All she's been doing is radiating back love and peace and, you know. I mean, not, screaming. not to Paul McCartney, but... Radiates some screaming. Yeah, but still, positive. You know, in a sense of like, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this for peace and acorns and love. And yeah. anyway, but, but you know, is, is Yoko Ono our musical guest? I mean, our guest on this segment? No. No, who is our, se- our guest on this segment, Joe? Tell us who's, who's here to, to, to join us in the realm of the pop oracle. It's one of my best friends and closest collaborators... Uh, Brian Filosa. Brian Filosa. It's a very, to be here. very attractive name. Filosa. <laughs> what kind of Filosa? Filosa. What's that? What do you? What? What kind of name is that? It's Italian. Ah, yes. It's Definitely not German. That would be Filosa, <laughs> at least. <laughs> and, but no, Filosa. Brian Filosa. And what? It, fa- I'm going to get stuck on that name because it's fun to say. Uh, how do you and Joe Bourdais know each other? What do you what what how what do you collaborate on? Well, I met him when I uh, answered an ad on uh, either in the Recycler or Craigslist that said Rootsy slide guitar player wanted, uh, you know. Like Delaney and Bonnie, and I'm like, who could these people be? <laughs> who could this possibly be? Uh, and I uh, called that ad, and uh, I went to Eagle Rock, and uh, went to Brian's house. It ended up being Brian. He didn't place the ad, but he was in this band at what, the time. What was the band? Brian. At that time, I was in a band called The Good Time Women. The Good Time Women. The Good Time yes, Women. Sir. Were there any women in the band? 
No women. How it how, was a gender. My how the times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> that name derived from an outtake from the Rolling Stones uh, Exile Main Street that a track called Good Time Women. Never knew that. That I believe might have been an original working title for Tumbling Dice. Huh. Huh. So it's just, okay. Anyhow, yeah. I, I showed up at this house and uh, uh, Brian was there and uh, a mutual friend of ours named Mike Green, who's a great drummer, was there. We proceeded to listen to Brian's beat up incredible vinyl collection in his uh, a little bar he had set up uh, in his backyard and uh, for some reason I knew I had uh, met somebody that I was going to be pulling a lot of a lot of time with yeah uh, and uh, what did you listen to that day oh I have no idea that I don't remember Mostly selections from the dollar bin at Amoeba. Dollar, Amoeba dollar bin. Perhaps vinyl. even a KTEL. Yeah. <laughs> he was yours. Yeah, you, you found a few of those in the dollar bin there. Definitely uh, some classics. Amoeba. I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, that was kind of the heyday around. Uh, I mean, now it's like this big thing. It's huge now. but. Yeah, but they've kind of. That dollar bin is about. Gosh. One tenth the size of what it used to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and ravaged. eBay, yeah, has changed changed dollar bins. I found the record that. Do do you remember? Okay, here's a here's a question. Do you have a particular dollar bin find, like a record that you know you wouldn't have found otherwise, and you feel like it's to you like Mount Everest of records? And when you tell people like, "Oh, I love this record," like, I've never even heard of that record. Do you have any ones that are like that? Quite a few, actually. Um, to pick the actual, that particular record would be really hard. I have to think real deep on that. Well, that you can just think sort of... Sort of game changer. You know what? Actually, one. most of the Ozark Mountain Daredevils records, I paid a dollar for. Yeah. And I love all those records. Yeah. <laughs> Brian uh, introduced me to the Ozark Mountain Daredevils uh, uh, and the song that I played to- tonight. Uh, I think we've, we've played that song a few times um and uh let's see i i think i introduced brian to a to a band on capricorn uh, called cowboy and uh so these were uh bands that had limited chart success you wouldn't have found out about them any other way than right than the the dollar bin good old dollar bin yeah so that was the education uh and it was just fun to dig and it's you know like Wayne said to harken back to earlier episodes uh, it's a never ending it's a never ending pursuit of music right you can just you spend your whole life finding new stuff you've never heard before yeah like people not listening to this be like, might be like I never even heard of the Ozark Mountain <laughs> Daredevils before this you know, for or for me, who was just sort of, sort of like I've I kind of stopped with my Ozark Mountain Daredevils at third at uh, if you want to get to heaven, but now I'm aching to go do some research. For me, it was uh, it was probably there was a Billy Re- Billy Preston record called "Music Is My Life" that will it go around in circles is on, but every track on it. Every track on it. He's got a version of Blackbird on it that is amazing, and it just like one song after another. And I remember just putting this on and being like, 
oh, this must be because you're for me. I was just before the internet. I'm in I'm a high school kid in Harvard Square. I get this record, and I know that this guy has, had played with the Beatles. I'm like, well, this must have been huge. Everyone knows Billy. Pre- I mean, I I've, I don't, I've never met anyone else for whom that record is is a Mount Ra- a Mount Rushmore kind of record. Like, oh, best, one of the best ever made. Is Out of Space on that record? No, that was on the one after. Okay, but uh, that track. era of Billy Preston. It just sent me down the Billy Preston rabbit hole. You know what? You know what his first record was called. Everybody likes some kind of music. No, Does even that, before no? that. Oh, way before that, because he was making records. And the... I, I might get it wrong, but it's I, I, the way the descriptor. But it's Billy Preston, the most amazing organ in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, because <laughs> he was a prodigy. Yeah, he was like he got discovered by Ray Charles. Have you seen the Double O, the TV performance of him performing Double O Soul in a lime green suit? No, on uh, with Ray Charles, he was a guest on like a Ray Charles performance. It was Ray and his orchestra, basically, yeah. and he came out and was doing all of his moves in like a lime green pimp suit, basically. Uh, and he did the hit "Double O Soul." It's really great. It's He's amazing, fun to watch. He did steal the show at a concert for Bangladesh mm-hmm. with George Harrison, which is his birthday today. Happy oh, birthday, really? George! Birthday? Happy yes. birthday, George! Wow. Uh, yeah, no, he was, he, you know, he was the guy that they brought into the Let It Be sessions. You know, Eric Clapton and Billy Preston are like the two guys, I guess maybe they brought Nicky Hopkins in on a couple of things, but like the people who get to get to say they were brought in as a featured player on a Beatles record is a very, very short list. And they were most of them much more famous. Like Billy Preston was all talent and charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I could, we could, I could try, I, we could just keep going round and round about records like that. In fact, I'd almost want to. Our next guest would be a great person for this conversation. Bart would, I'm sure, have much to contribute. So start thinking of what you're going to tell us, Bart. So I'm going to ask you this question. Um, so okay, so but you've and since then you've collaborated. Aside from covering just uh, about everything I've ever done, really, uh, you've played on with Brian. Yeah. As, as a what is what do you do on on Joe's records? I play bass. You play bass. Mm-hmm. Is that your main thing? You're a bass player? Yes. Oh, nice. Much in demand. Great bass player. Like guitar players, singers, times a dozen. <laughs> bass players. Yeah. Bass players that can sing. Yeah. Hard to find. And who really appreciate the song, who do the right do what's right for the song instead of what necessary is right for their fingers. So good. I do my best. Yeah. Awesome. Brian's also a writer, uh, and uh, we've collaborated on some some songs uh, you've written songs together yeah yeah not for a long time but anything in the set no sadly no 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 anything we Maybe should in a future set yeah well we'll have yeah when we have you you know well do you so you you write your own stuff as well as collaborate with people I've written a few not I'm not not like Joe Joe definitely writes a lot more than I do he's a little more focused so you, if you had to, if you had to list yourself, you'd say you're a musician who writes songs as opposed to a songwriter. I would consider myself a bass player. A bass player that dabbles in songwriting. So he's a dabbler. Somewhere between Sting and John Entwistle as the as a writer. Closer hmm. to Entwistle, <laughs> <laughs> which is another great Dollar Bin record. Smash your head against the wall. Oh yeah, John Entwistle. Or uh, Songs for a Tailor. Isn't that another one? Oh, well, that's Jack Bruce. 
Jack Bruce, sorry. Yeah. I, there's a there's a great. I've been I've been getting re-energized about the the Who because uh-huh. they have there's a new Who record coming, and I I I haven't given up on Pete Tans and never will. He's you know it's my guy, and so there's a new podcast from this company uh, that does a podcast called Discography, and they're doing the Who. And one of the things I and usually you know listen to a podcast about a band you like, and you spend most of your time screaming at the at the guy or the person on the thing for getting the dates wrong or just saying stupid things and but this this guy is great and one of the things that he does that's really great is he really gives the Entwistle solo catalog it's due mm. far more than I would have thought I even wanted right. but now I'm because I've, I've got a bunch of Daltrey records some there are some really good ones I love the Mick Vicker soundtrack and Townsend I got all of them but Entwistle some of his later stuff like he did a soundtrack for some animated series mm-hmm. that that stuff is supposed like he played some of that stuff it's supposed to sound great so well you've gone deeper than I have then yeah well this I haven't yet this guy who uh, Mark with the C uh, yeah. another songwriter yeah. out there doing this song of course it's a songwriter doing the podcast because right. he takes it this shit seriously mm-hmm. anyway well the Pete Townsend demo tapes oh forget uh, about it are really just wonderful and especially in the context of the home recording yep uh, mode that we're in now. It's just the Lifehouse blueprint demos. Of oh, here. Yeah. How to how to how to put something down? Put the ideas down. No, I don't think there's even any reverbs on his demos. It's just you know, mm-hmm. it's very direct. Do you have one? Do you it just have one? seems like you want to be there. It's you know, you want to be. You've, pressing play. Listeners pressing can't see, but there's that. a smile on my face because you're singing like you're a Lowell George fan. And I don't mean anyone who draws the distinction between The Who and the Pete Townsend demos generally. And to me, that like it's almost like a different like to me, the, the, the demos for Lifehouse, like the pure and easy and all that stuff. I still go back to it. So it's probably my favorite. It's not even Who stuff. Just my favorite stuff by right. anyone in the Who. That right. op- just the opening of Pure and Easy. I could hear that every day, right? Two, two or three times a day. It would never get boring. Oh, and that opening killing me. Have you also heard the Quadrophenia demos? The whole that they released. I only heard those in the last couple years. Yeah, that's real fun too, and that's an entirely different experience. Then the record became the record. Yeah, it is not a worse experience. It's a different experience. Yeah, Um, that could have been a solo record. Absolutely. Yeah, but I like how funky it is. I like how uh, it's it's so unpolished that it is perfectly unpolished. You know? Yeah. uh, It's just uh, I don't know. It's it's creative. You can see a create. You can. It's. The creativity isn't masked or, or or dressed up. There's no lipstick on it. Can I be in your guys' Just... band? This is the, the, I, I feel like I'm having the experience that you described of going to that to the house. Can you play? Uh, can you play the ARP? The ARP. You can do the, You can trigger the Pete Townsend uh, <laughs> sequencers. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can. I can do. You know. I. You know. I can't do that Townsend acoustic work. No but, one can. No one. Can. Um, that's banjo. That's banjo playing dexterity. This his strumming patterns and the Those, really fast triplets and 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 thirty second note strums. Uh, he's uh, really I think underrated. Um, 
and every he doesn't serve yeah. maybe he doesn't serve himself right because because he's uh, he's very uh, he's very analytical and and you can detect mm-hmm. an egocentric thing uh, uh, and maybe that masks maybe that gets in the way of just how good he is. Uh, yeah, you know. But if you see, if you watch him play drowned at the secret policeman's ball, mm-hmm. and do that thing that he does with the the thirty two thirty two seconds drive, is that what he's, is that what he's doing? 32? I don't know. Whatever he's doing, it's that. like it's 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 that thing where a musician does something, and you can you're a musician, and you play that instrument, and you were watching it, and you're like, I don't, I still don't believe that I'm watching, I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I don't think that I. That a human being can do that. Yeah. Like you could do that sped up on tape. I be- if I heard that on tape, I'd think, okay, cool. Well, I could see how you could do that on tape. But to see someone do that in person, you're like, that's the, uh... the other rhythm guitar player that I think is is as strong like that and has those same kind of moves was uh, Terry Kath, who is the guitar player in Chicago, who passed away. Wow. Um, we just had a Chicago Love Fest, the second one in a few weeks that we've had, or I guess. For listeners, a month or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, there we had a guest in who was just a big, big Chicago fan. And I was a little bit like, oh, I, I've never gone down that rabbit hole. I've never met a big, big Chicago fan. Yeah. And Well, but- my buddy Brett Simons is now the bass player for Chicago. Um, so uh, good on you, Brett. I, I said something really dumb to this person to prove how little I know about Chicago. I was like, okay, well, you're a big fan. Can you name all the records? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what, One, I can two, count? Three, four, I was five, like, yeah. six, <laughs> Funny. I think they have a Christmas record that might not have a... And did you say there's a record? Chicago, Christmas with Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Secret, like it's number 13 or something. So, uh, okay, well... Uh, I don't know if we... Uh, well, let, let's get into your question for the Pop Oracle. Hmm. You're, you seem like a thoughtful gentleman. <laughs> Actually, not that, fu- not that thoughtful, but uh, how about... Um, That's what a thoughtful person would say. <laughs> Here we go. How about if um, if you happen to be on board the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, Joe, what would you have done? Would you have jumped, or would you kind of rode the ship to see... Uh, what your fate may have been. Okay, I just want to jump in here for a second because in general we do not try and have the question be for the for the guest. But you could phrase it, in, and I'm I'm trying because I listen to myself correcting people, and listen, it really bums me out. I must bum the listeners out too. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I'm trying to take a little bit more of a open attitude towards this. So what I like to do is so rather than asking Joe the question, the question would be like, what would Joe do if he was on the Edmund Fitzgerald? Would he jump ship <laughs> or go down with the ship or go down and see what the result uh, may end up being? Okay. Well, am I the captain of the ship? No. No. He's just, he's just, you're just on the ship. I'm the cook. You're okay. A, you're a deckhand. If Joe was on Swabby. the Edmund Fitzgerald, how would he respond? And now to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to pick a card. Joe, would you mind holding the cards out Not for? At all. Here we go. So now to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to pick a card. Any card. 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 Song number six. 
It's Joe's latest hit, Amongst the Pines. Oh, man. If Brian had a bass... This song makes me sad. Then he could play alone. Do you want to play bass on a guitar? You just play... No. (laughs) No, thanks. Sensations daylight cannot convey. Come wander out amongst the pines, farther out, dappled and gray. For now, higher we climb, for this brief time, yours and mine, all we survey.
And that was Amongst the Pines from Joe Bourdais, the answer to Brian's question. Uh, what would, what would Joe, what would Joe do if he was on the Edmund Fitzgerald? You assume on the night of the wreck, but who knows? I mean, it had many nights before that, we assume, that were uneventful or just not as eventful as it was in its demise. But Joe, this song is the, so the song that introduced me to you. I have a lot of feelings about it. I want to talk about it, but first tell me How did you hear this song? Bart sent me the video of... Oh, me you playing sing- that on that's Donner Summit, by the way. Yeah, yeah. no, I that was to me that like you know, the first impressions are are everything. That is who you. That's who you are to me. <laughs> You're that guy singing that song in front of those trees. I was that guy with on that, that day. mustache. <laughs> that is a fact. And uh, okay, so I have lots of like I said, I have lots of thoughts. I have lots of feelings. But first, tell me about the song. Beautiful song. Amongst the Pines, uh, the concept uh, developed uh, while I was up near Mount Baldy, although I wasn't thinking about Mount Baldy in that area specifically. I was thinking about the Sierras. But the seed, the seed... Grew into a song, yeah. Um, uh, Happened there. I was up there. By myself, came up with the idea. It's a fantasy. You know, you're inviting some companion to come into some great world, you know? Right. Um, And uh, wrote the song. I think I had the original concept was maybe a little more uh, uh, Burt Janch influenced like mm-hmm. I was really I really love a lot of stuff he did and I can't even play slightly like he can play but the but the but the base the three chord form of it uh uh with the flat 7 chord and whatnot I think there's a flat 7 in there that's like black black water side or or some other traditional mm-hmm. thing um not but, the, not the not to be confused with the Doobie Brothers song. People, we're we're in the we're in the era, but that's not what he was talking because Blackwater is a right. Or, and not also Did I not, get the title right? Well, no, you said Blackwater something else. Never mind, <laughs> listeners, go back and hear. We're what We're going to edit this out, listeners. You no, don't need to worry. This is about not. This is exactly the kind of stuff we leave in. This these kind of One moments of confusion. Fair, I took the air down by Blackwater side. That. Yes. That's the song I'm talking about. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, this song is nothing like that song. <laughs> and if you haven't heard that song, check it out. Um, <laughs> if you haven't heard that song, you still haven't heard it because this was nothing like it. Uh, now, in order, now uh, to relate this song to uh, Brian's question, it relates in that this song is heavily influenced by my deep, deep, deep love of Gordon Lightfoot. Um Although I don't sound the slightest bit like him, I am playing a twelve-string, which he played frequently. Um, I wouldn't say you don't sound the slightest bit like him. I mean, there are people who sound less I like him than sl- you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like Henry Rollins. Well, sounds yeah, less like <laughs> right. Gordon Lightfoot he than did, I do. Yes, he does. I'm just saying. Yes, that's exactly. If Henry Rollins was here, he'd say you sound exactly like Gordon Lightfoot compared to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, I, that, that that's a stretch. 
I would like to point out, um, to jump into addressing the Edmund Fitzgerald from this point, that Gordon went back and changed the lyrics to that song because in answer to the the Edmund Fitz, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald for those in listener land is a uh is a uh, song by Gordon Lightfoot about the wreck of this uh very large freighter ship on uh one of the great lakes uh and uh the song was a major hit uh it's a absolutely beautiful song it's a masterpiece um but he he used some artistic license in writing the song specifically at 7 p.m the main hatchway gave in they said fellas it's been good to know you suggesting that a main hatchway gave in the ship's filling up with water it's gonna sink Mm -hmm. there were crewmen on that ship that were that it was their responsibility to keep those hatches sealed when the submarine went down all those hatches were sealed so he, so the the family of those crewmen wrote to him and said hey it's really disrespectful to, to suggest that that my husband failed to close the hatch and that contributed to the sinking of right. it so now that he performs it he has rewritten that verse at 7 p.m., the main hatchway gave in. It's not true. No main hatchway gave in. Uh, he wrote something else uh, that's not as good of a line. It doesn't matter. It's a better, but is more accurate, like righteous thing to do. Yeah, because the song is so righteous. I mean, it's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. So he fixed the error that would have suggested uh, an error. On the part of the crew, and I, I know I want to get to your interpretation, Brian, but I do want to point out there's a synchronicity here because I was at the beginning of the show. I was talking about Green Book and Viggo Mortensen, mm-hmm. and it's a very similar thing that's been happening with Green Book. So this guy Nick Vallelonga still told the story from his father's standpoint, but they didn't uh, actually. The family of the pianist that Ma, Ma, Maharsha Ali, Maharshala Ali, uh, plays, his family. Objected. They said, "Well, this you know this is an inaccurate portrayal oh. of him." And so, this idea of correct of be, taking artistic license out of a sense of wanting to celebrate something, mm-hmm. and then history people like people who are actually the are interested in the minutia of a thing that you left out or didn't left out, sort of correcting you and saying, "Hey, yes, this is true, but not in, that's not the whole truth. Can you tell more?" Right. And the the like it's well that's why i mean it's probably why you you are drawn to him as an artist that he's the kind of person it's a it's kind of a great it's a great thing to do as a songwriter to make your song worse to make it better (laughs) and especially if it's a hit like that to be able to to be willing to diminish it to elevate it in a way Uh is a really i don't know that's a a zen quality of songwriting that i think is uh it also very high level it also answers our question what would i do i'd make sure those fucking hatches didn't cave in and i'd go down (laughs) with the with the crew and get blamed i wouldn't that's not what i thought i have i have some different ideas so i would know that uh that uh, it would i would be exonerated in the in the long run yes Mm -hmm. okay okay so, uh, so Brian, what did you think about this as the answer to the question? To the question? I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I mean, I think Joe in his natural sort of um, habitat, he would be the captain of the ship and 
potentially as the captain, he would have taken the ship on a different course. So this song would have never even existed if Joe had. So captain. he's basically a song destroyer. We thought he was a songwriter, <laughs> but he's, <laughs> he's going back in time and destroying all the great songs by however, making him work out okay. However, if Joe was not in his natural element as sort of the leader or the captain of the ship, I think he would uh, fulfill his, his duties as a, um, as a deckhand and make sure that those uh, main hatchways were closed. But I do know, for one thing, when uh, there's a point in the song where they said, fellas, it's too rough to feed you, Joe would not stand for that. <laughs> <laughs> he would demand to get fed. No matter how rough the seas were on that on that dreadful afternoon. Okay. I have some ideas here. Bear with me for a second here. So first of all, no offense, but I hear I hear I, as a songwriter, do you hear this? You you a lot of times you'll hear other songs, the the little bits of them in in something. And mm-hmm. and this song starts like when you start playing this song, I think you're about to start playing one of my favorite songs. I got a name by Jim Croce. Oh, that that opening riff feels like, and then you go someplace else, and it's great. Totally goes someplace else, but it's the same kind of way I felt when I watched that amongst the pine things. And I thought, this is a man with a mustache, <laughs> and it takes a certain quality, certain kind of person to wear. And it wasn't just a stash; this was a big. 70s stash mm-hmm. on a man playing a big 70s sound in front of the pines. He shows up, no stash. No, it's just like when I'm listening to that, I think I'm going to get I Got a Name. I think I'm going to get this guy with a stash who comes in, he comes in all clean shaven. And, uh, and so there, I feel like there might be a little bit of a, like, who we think he like if if, it, if we're as positing the what you put there if he's on the ship we think he's going to act one way but he's going to act another way so it depends kind of on what you think of Joe like if you think Joe is a stand-up guy he could end up turning out to being be a coward and a fink in this story or if you think that maybe Joe is the kind of guy who is you know going to jump ship mm-hmm. he might display some un like some un uh, recognized That's levels true. of heroism there's another piece here that the song is clearly about seduction You're se- <laughs> so i feel like in the midst of this crisis he might just say throw down whatever his duty is he might abandon his hatch and say listen honey this is our last this is our last moment <laughs> so that's that you know, and then the 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 only other thing is I don't know about amongst the pines, like something about the wood on the ship, like that was mm. the, that's the lesser synchronicity is like something more literally like oh right. something about would you I do don't something know how much with the wood, wood was on this ship? This well, but was, uh, this you was might survive iron. like uh, Kate Winslet clinging to a piece of wood in the water, perhaps some driftwood, right? A pine, a piece of pine, yeah, might save you. Sure, yeah, you'd be amongst the pines. Or you would be floating amongst the pines right. as a as like as dead wood. Right. So well, there's then, a yeah there's a and if and I have to say, you with that mustache you could be in Deadwood. The, the show. Saw, I great, never saw that. Show. Oh, it's a great show. Fantastic. They're doing a movie. It's coming great back. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. Oh, you got, movie. Wow. Yeah, you got it. Have you seen the, you you've I've seen, seen the show? Yeah. yeah. You you look like you've seen the show. You you also you currently look like you could be in Deadwood. <laughs> it's facial hair is a. Key component to surviving in the Old West. Well, I hope now uh, uh, 
after that comment that I didn't cop a Jim Croce lick. Why? On that song. It's okay. Uh, I've heard that song. I don't remember that. Ding, 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 ding. A lot of Joe's music as a, is uh, as derivatives. The, Actually, the first line is about the pine. With the as the pine trees right line in the winding road, I got a name. It's a different rhythm. I got a name. Oh, of course, it's a different I, key. <laughs> it's a different mustache. It, but, but it brings. It has a very subtle, <laughs> that subtle feeling that reminds you of you know perhaps your your yeah. youth. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, in the backseat of the car, driving home, falling asleep, and a great tune comes on. Yeah, on the radio, and you know, a lot of his music kind of brings you that to that sort of headspace, which is yeah. nice. Are you are you are you are you are you opposed to Croce? Oh, not at all. Okay, no, no. okay. You yeah. just would. I just, I don't know. I haven't listened extensively to his records to um, know that when you reference that song. Uh, whether I subconsciously lifted a lick at it. Play, play, play the opening lick. Play it the way you play it. That's a fine he's winding the winding road. <laughs> I got a name. Anyway, it's a, it's a, like, this is one of those things. I, I, I prefaced it by saying it's no, it, it's not a insult or a, or a suggesting that you ripped it off. It's just that you, as a songwriter, you just hear everything and everything else in a way. So I'm constantly hearing songs and other songs, and I don't feel like the songwriter ripped it off. I feel like a lot of times this stuff is like you're playing guitar. And you're doing something that's kind of similar to something someone else did on a guitar. Yeah. And particularly if you're not really into that song, you're more likely to just like play whatever you were playing and to not avoid it. Like right. if you hear something, oh, this sounds exactly like that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but since there's all these songs I we don't know. I think it's closer to a Cat Stevens ripoff, actually, now that I think of it. Oh, damn. Also <laughs> a guy with a great mustache. <laughs> uh, and as far as... Uh, um, not knowing what you would do in a crisis situation, it's it's true. Um, people become unlikely heroes, and other people that might, you know, have uh, the best intentions could, who knows? If I was about to die, I just don't know what I would do. Yeah. I would hope that I'd be heroic, but I wouldn't, you know, I'm not sure if I'd put money on myself to do that. I guess that would depend upon the situation. Like, well, in, it sounds like in this situation, there wasn't much to be done. They were in a major storm, and uh, that's something why you happened. Ha- the ship broke up. Or, that's or, why or, your character in the song is like, hey, baby. Let's throw down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's slow down amongst the pines. Let's get, let's, this is, we're going down with the ship. Let's, let's, yeah. let's just have one last moment of bliss. Meet me amongst the pines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know what? That might be the most heroic way to respond. I don't, sure. There's <laughs> total silence. <laughs> there's no. <laughs> I just want to say to the listeners, even though this, is, this may or may not be true, they both had the look not of being flummoxed by that, but just imagining it yeah, pleasantly. We were, 
that was a that was a uh, that was a pause for uh, the listeners at home to imagine uh, what that might be. Like. Was this a co-ed ship? Doesn't really matter. I, I don't, don't believe th- it was. I don't think so. Doesn't matter. When in those last moments, just to share love and connection with anyone is like that's like that everything falls away. It's like a psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. Like I've always loved you, James. Or whatever, you know. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of affection amongst those dudes. Gotta be. I mean, you you know, you spend it's like you know that Billy Bragg song, Tender Comrade from Workers Playtime? No, that's a record. <laughs> Mount Rushmore record for me. And he has some great songs on it. And there's one song about these guys in a foxhole who are, you know, who are about to die. And they're mm-hmm. like, tender comrade. Like, there's like, it's a point where like, is this gay or is it human or is it we're about to die or whatever? I just love you. You know, you're the last person I'm going to see. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. this song, this show. Always goes deep, just like the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> uh, what lake did it sink on? I'm thinking Superior. Superior. That's yeah. a. That sounds about that's right. That's a. That's a a water supremacist lake. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, uh, we mean no disrespect to uh, to the to the families and the, and the crewmen of that ship. I, I'm almost sure that neither the family, families and definitely not the crewmen of that ship are listening to this podcast, so they're okay. Oh, well, you never know. <laughs> it's true. I do never know. We just had this crazy explosion of listenership in Everett, Washington. Mm. Like, I see the the downloads, and just la- like this last week, we had like 500 downloads from Everett, Washington. I'm like, what's going on? And I feel like it's one person who downloaded everything. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, well, well. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show. I would ask Great if we could here. play some of your music, but I have a feeling if we're playing Joe's music, we're going to be playing your music because you play with Joe. Yeah, there's some tracks that Joe and I have uh, played together, mm-hmm. and studio. many more. Yeah, I got to say, you handled more. this session like a bass player, <laughs> which is that you let us do all the talking. And you pretty much just sat but isn't back. His voice doesn't he have a lovely radio He's voice? Su- no, you're super I cool. To listen, you're cool and time. groovy, and you make other people feel like they can just talk all over what you're doing. I wasn't sure. Uh, I didn't have a question prepared, so I was like, "Well, let me think of something really confusing to ask him." <laughs> no, no, you really uh, you you tested us all. It's good. You expanded the bottom end of this show. How many mm-hmm. more, ba- more bass player jokes can I make? I, I, I'm done. I'm tapped. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the